Welcome, Merry Christmas. He 
I mean, it says it's hard exploring life on your own. How many have Jesus in life for the Lord's sake? Amen. It's a lot better with Jesus. Amen. But every human being, every human being has inherited that bad choice of Adam and Eve. We like to say something here at Thunder Point, we say, but Jesus. But Jesus. Genesis 8, or 3, 8, 9, it says this. Now, Adam and Eve had sinned. So as soon as they sinned, as soon as they did not listen to God, they instantly felt shame. They didn't feel shame before. They were walking around butt naked. They were walking around no clothes on. They didn't feel there was no shame because none of them did. But as soon as they disobeyed God, they instantly felt guilty. They instantly felt shame because now enter sin. That was a part of the original plan. But, but God in his goodness, his graciousness, his mercy, says when the cool the, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. God was going to look for them. Even after they sinned, he still wants to deal with them. So they hid, because they were shameful, from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called out to them, where are you? God wanted to be with them, but sin separated them. Now every human being that has been born, sin separates you from God. And the only way to cure that illness that you have is Jesus Christ. This baby that was born. The baby that was celebrated. The only way to cure that is to believe in Jesus and live for Jesus. But sin broke that and entered Jesus Christ. But here's what I want to tell you. Before I enter into Jesus Christ, I want you guys to understand something. Because maybe it will help you to process the rest and what I'm going to share with you. Say, Pastor Joe, that kind of seems hokey to me. Like, all this happened, and then enters Jesus, and then God and his man. Like, I just don't buy into the whole Jesus thing. I'm going to come in because it's Christmas. But I just don't buy into the Jesus thing. And my answer to you will be, that's fine. But God's word is true no matter if you believe it or you don't believe it. You can deny it. You cannot live for him. You can do whatever in the heck you want to do in life. You do not need to accept the gift of salvation. You don't have to. And he won't force on you. Force that on you. But let me share something with you. What you think our ignorance at times does not change God's character. Our ignorance doesn't change his truth. So see, it's 
or you can reject it. But I always tell people, at church, you have two roads you can take in life. You're going to follow Jesus, you're going to accept the forgiveness baby who went to the cross and died for us, or you're going to take the one that doesn't follow Jesus. Here's the thing, they both end up with Jesus. So you choose not to follow him, so at the end of your life when you're standing before him, because you will all stand before Jesus Christ on judgment day, amen? I can't wait to stand before my Lord and Savior. I can't wait for them to tap me on the butt and say, well done, Joe Bango. You sucked a lot of times, and you really tried. You did good. But see, you can follow Jesus, or you cannot follow Jesus. Put an end to Jesus. Hey, your best bet is to follow Jesus. <laughs> because here's the thing. You follow Jesus, you accept that gift, that belief in your heart that he is Lord of the Lord, his King of Kings, not the Omega. You either believe that and live it, and he'll say, welcome. Welcome to heaven. Welcome to eternity. Or, you got the other road, and it says this. Away from me, I never knew you. And I spent eternity in hell, which is separation from God. And we can sit here. We can sit here and say, I don't buy into it. You don't have to buy into it. It's true regardless if you do or if you don't. That's the truth of God's word. That's the beauty of God's word. It doesn't change. And it's not dependent on what we think. So what you think and who God is that spoke the world into existence, you're going to debate the one that spoke the world into existence. Good luck. Good luck with that. He loves us so much and we're hoping to help to understand the rest of what we share. But the creator, he's the creator and the sustainer. The creator became his own creation. Let that sit in for a while. Being a Christian, part of being a Christian is believing in what? It's unbelievable. Part of being a Christian is believing the Emmanuel, what's that mean? So God longs to be with us. And at Christmas, we celebrate our Creator. Matthew 1, 18-23. It says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Being a Christian is believing the Joseph, her fiance, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. That's funny. I can't say so. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. He said, Joseph, son of David. And he said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. You're going to name him Jesus. Jesus means the God who saved. What's Jesus mean? Emmanuel. 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 Em
His name is Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 7, 14. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born, they said Jesus was going to be born. And be born just like he was born. Hundreds of years before, we and Christians believe in the... I don't get it either. I don't have all the answers. I just believe what God's word says. It says, look, the virgin, I want you to catch this now. I said this in the beginning. I want you to catch this. It says, the virgin will conceive a child and give birth to a son. It will be Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Why virgin? Why virgin? Because who's been infected with that sin disease? Everybody. So God's son needed an entrance into this world through a pure woman. The 12 or 13 or 14 year old Mary. When I heard that father college, seems young, huh? But she, but but in order for his son to come, he had to be born through a virgin. Now, because because Jesus was born to a what? Okay, and she's a human. That makes Jesus one hundred percent. Because Jesus is God's son, she will give birth to a son. Because he, that is God's son, he is divine as well as human. So that's why I said he's 100% human and he's 100% divine. He's human because he walked this earth and lived so we can understand, we can understand how we feel, our emotions, and everything we go through, he went through in his time on earth. But then he's divine also. So he has the power to forgive us of our sins. It's a supernatural thing. A supernatural event that took place. The most important event in history. It says that she will conceive a child and give birth to a son. Are you follow me? So actually, the child or the son existed before the child was born. What? <laughs> I don't even get that. But I'm not going to argue what God's word says because the way in my life I want Jesus to say, well, don't go. So I'm not going to buck this. I'm going to believe what it says. Faith doesn't ask you to understand everything. Faith asks you to trust. The son existed before the baby was born. See, it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? So in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, who was there? Jesus. So the son existed. Jesus has done works way before he decided to bless us here on earth. Everyone say, wow. Wow. This newborn child has worked wonders. And Christmas, what we celebrate here, is when he made his appearance on the stage of earth. 
Christmas is about God wanting to have a relationship with me and you. That's the whole story of Christmas. God sent his son because he loves you. God sent his son because you're separated from him, and this is the only way that he can reconcile that is through his son. John 3.16, everybody knows the verse, right? You see it on football players' highs all the time, right? For God's the world that what? He gave his son. The son existed before the child was born. He gave his son for me and you. But what's it say? It says, for God's the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish. Everybody that believes in Jesus will not perish. means you won't be separated from God when you die. When you believe in him. And it says, you will not perish, but you will have ever or eternal life. Let me stay there for one second. For all you people that don't know Jesus as Lord today, I encourage you to get to know him. For all you Christians that live a life according to how you want to live and not according to what God's word says, I got a word for you as well. See, there's faith. It talks about believing. It talks about believing. Those who believe. See, believing goes way further than just come to church on Sunday. Believing goes way further than just agreeing that Jesus was God's Son. That's not believing. The devil knows that. And actually believing is not sitting there running off the mouth going Scripture. The devil knows Scripture. Living in faith is easy. Living by faith is difficult. And those that believe in Jesus, you should be living by faith. Which means you trust, you trust that, that Jesus Christ, he comes in to the intricate parts of your life. Into your fears, into your doubts, into your questions, into your worries, and you let him work that out in your life. That's believing in Jesus. And when you actually believe in Jesus, you get to have eternal life. Don't fool yourselves. A lot of us, they go to church, but don't really live what the Bible says. Scripturally, it tells us, I never knew you. Believing is a radically changed life. It's a life that's lived for Jesus Christ. H.G. Wells was a historian. And he said, I'm a historian, I'm not a believer. But he says, I must confess that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all of human history. This Jesus that we're talking about tonight, this baby that we're talking about tonight, that we come to celebrate here tonight, the most dominant figure in human history. And he came because he loved us. He came because he loves you right where you are. You don't have to do it. You can't do anything for God's love more or less. His love isn't like ours. Ours is conditional, right? We love you if you make a match. I love you if you do something. I love you if you say something the wrong way. I love you this, that's not him. His love for you is constant. His love for you is eternal. His love for you is unchanging. 
This is the Jesus that we celebrate, church. Because of this Jesus, we have a right standing with God and completely celebrate. Because of this Jesus, we have a right standing. We can live with him forever. We are adopted into his family. Sin what? What does sin do? What does Jesus do? The message of the Bible is not man's desire to be with God. That's not the message of the Bible. Our desire to be with God. You see in churches across America what our desire is to be close to God. See the consistency in churches. Our desire to be with God. So the message of the Bible is not our desire to be with God. It's God's desire to be with and sending his son. Genesis 3 9 says, Where are you? He asked us, Where are you? Because he was looking for them. God wants to be with us, church. But the only way that that can happen is believing in the one that was born, his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. Being a Christian is believing the unbelievable. When we don't know Jesus, here it is. When we don't know Jesus, we remain separated from him. Without his birth, there is no death. Without his death, there is no life. Without his life, there is no death. Without his death, there is no resurrection. Or with no resurrection, there is no hope. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no hope. We are hopeless. You can live your life just living however you want. You're running around aimlessly. You can chase the money, the cars, the careers, the job, the corner office. What happens when you get all that? Somebody please tell me. Nothing, because you want the next office. You want the bigger house. You want a little bit more money in your bank account. And then when you die, you say, well, Jesus, I didn't even think that was all real. I remember listening to Pastor Joe said it was real, but I didn't believe him. Jesus said, I don't know you. Mm -hmm. You don't want to hear, I don't know you, at the end of your life. And just because your mom and your daddy knew Jesus, that doesn't mean you know Jesus. You can't ride on the coattails of your parents. You have to know who Jesus Christ is. It is a personal relationship with him. Jesus is the hope of the world. Listen, if Jesus can't fulfill you, nothing in this world can do it. If Jesus cannot fulfill you, you can run and shake all you want. Nothing will satisfy you. He's the hope of the world. There was an S4 sub. I'm going to close. There was an S4 sub that sank years ago. And the crew was going down, and I couldn't even imagine what they were going through. There was about years at the time. And there were some other vessels in the area. So they ran to a day. And they were losing, as they're going down time, they were losing breath. They were losing hope. 
I couldn't imagine what they went through. But there was a diver from a rescue ship. And that diver from the rescue ship got his gear on and he swam over to the vessel. And he put his ear on the vessel. And he heard a bunch of noises. Now he's trained in Morse code, so he figured out that what they were doing in there, whatever Morse code is, what they were doing is they were trying to send a message. And the diver picked up on the message. And the message was, by the ones in there, is there any hope? I had the opportunity to share. I'm not even going off this. I've been a, I've been given an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. Every single Sunday, I've been honored for me to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is an honor to stand here before you that God would trust me of all people, me. A God would tell us, if I were to sit here and tell you what my past was like, you wouldn't even believe that God would use somebody like me. But you know what? That's exactly the people God wants to be. He was my hope. His son radically changed my life. Radically changed my life. I didn't have excuses, church. When I when I finally said, you know what, enough of this world, enough of this, this joke, this ignorant, selfish man. I don't want what the world offers me anymore. When I finally said, I want to know this Jesus, I did everything I possibly could to draw closer to him. If that meant living a life, living a life by myself, the rest of my life I would do it. We have so many excuses. I can't come to church. I can't read my Bible. I can't do this. I can't do this. You'll do exactly what it is you want to do. See, when I first started, I had to look in the index on where the books of the Bible were. I didn't know where they were. I'm a pastor sitting in there five years ago. I'm like, oh my God, look back, oh my God, look back. Google, what does this mean? Because I had a desire to know this Jesus. My belief was not going to be just what I say. My belief is going to be what I do. See, he'll change your life. This Jesus, he'll change your life. But he will not force himself on you. Because if he forces himself on you, that's not love. He wants you to love him back. How did he prove his love for you? John 3, 16 tells us that for God to love the world that Say, God gave his son for me. 
Let's not stand like you believe it. See, salvation is so simple that we've missed it. Salvation is as easy as saying, I'm a sinner. I am in need of a Savior. Lord, thank you for dying for me. God, I believe that you sent your son, this baby Jesus. I believe you sent him. I believe he lived his life. I believe he died on the cross. And I believe that he rose again on that third day. That's what it's about. And then it's living your life for him. See, it's an exchange. It's your life. It's his life for your life. He died for you, didn't he? So what makes you think you could spend eternity with Jesus without giving your life to him here on earth? It's not possible. Here's what I want to do today. Know my heart. Know my heart. I know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to spend eternity with my Lord and Savior. That's what I'm going to do. So when I ask you, if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that by no way, shape, or form affects my life. But it sure the heck affects yours. See, I'm going to live my life for him. I'm going to give everything I got for him. I'm going to do exactly what this Bible says to do. I have nothing to gain by you accepting Christ into your life. By you inviting me to each other, I have nothing to gain. But my heart is that you do because I want to live with you forever and eternity. I cannot share this thing that God did in my life. I cannot share, not share that with you. But it's not for my personal gain, church. I got nothing to gain by it. I'm going to heaven. My wife going to heaven. My family's going to heaven. Provided I don't know Jesus Christ, I'm saved. So I want to ask you this morning, this morning, I'm going to ask you this morning if you know Jesus, this baby Jesus, as Lord and Savior. And it's as simple as inviting him into your life. There's nothing, there's no prayer, there's no magical prayer that I have. It's not. It's a condition of your heart. It's actually saying, I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior. It's asking God to forgive you of your sins and believe that he is who he says he is and ask him to come in and lead your life. I love the game by this, but I have to ask you this morning for this evening who has never invited Jesus this Jesus that loves you so much. How many of you have ever invited him into your life? And don't be bashful about it. Raise your hand. One. We all know. Two. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to bow our heads. And I'm going to say a prayer. And this prayer has really nothing to do with Joe. It has to do with your heart tonight. 
It's a simple prayer. It's saying, Lord, let's say it together. Lord, I am a sinner. And I am in need of a Savior. Lord, I believe that you sent your son to die on a cross for me. And I thank you for that. God, I invite you into my life. I ask that you lead my life. And through your strength, I will do all what you created me to do. Lord, thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for saving my soul. Lord, only you know. Only you know, God, the hearts that spoke that to you tonight. It's not for me to know. It's for you to know. And I ask a special blessing on that person, that those persons that have made that step to trust you as Lord and Savior. Lord, I ask that you protect their hearts. I ask that you guide their lives. And I ask that you become very real to them, God. I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this Christmas. I thank you for bringing your son here to earth because you love us that much that you do not want to be without us. So we thank you for that. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you. We will be a church. We will be a people that live our lives for your son. We thank you for tonight. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. We love you, man. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.